Well, you may still be putting your house together after a Thanksgiving or maybe unpacking after a visit with your family or friends, but as we heard from Clint, today is the day to begin something new. This is the first Sunday of Advent, which we marked with the lighting of that first candle, and it is actually the beginning of the church year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. In Advent, we have three arrivals in view. We remember the birth of Jesus, which our collect describes so beautifully as the time when God's son, Jesus, came to visit us in great humility. And that arrival we are very familiar with because we see it reenacted in pageants and depicted on Christmas cards. But we also anticipate as Clint mentioned, another arrival, which is less familiar. And this is the return of Jesus when, as the collect says, he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead. We shy away from this arrival because of the language of judgment that doesn't fit so well into a pageant. Also, it just doesn't fit in our experience of day-to-day life that any person would return into this world after having departed. But both of our scripture readings allude to this second coming of Jesus Christ as our hope, as our hope for when all things will be put to right. In the Romans reading, Paul refers to the day being near. And in Matthew, Jesus talks about that day and that hour. And even though it seems highly improbable, of course, even from a scientific perspective, just because something is highly unusual, even unique, does not mean that it is unthinkable. Apparently, origin-of-life scientist Robert Shapiro acknowledged that for chemicals to have randomly managed to produce the molecule RNA is so remote as to be incredibly improbable. It would be, and I quote, a once-in-a-universe long shot. Well, maybe that is a way of understanding scientifically, the return of Christ, a once-in-a-universe long shot. But there's a third arrival that I want us to focus our attention on this morning, and that is the arrival of Jesus into our own heart. While the other two arrivals are certainly significant for the life of the world, There is no more important arrival for each of us. You know, because God is a personal God, each and every one of you has a unique historic experience of God. It's possible that some of you are here today because you want to live a more moral life. You want a slightly less selfish attitude. You recognize that what the culture is driving you to on a daily basis, spending too much time buying dumb stuff 
or looking at the possibility of buying dumb stuff. (laughs) Feeling jealous and insecure because other people have more dumb stuff. Working all the time because you don't know who you are, just standing still. Impatient with yourself and feeling inadequate to respond to the wrong that you see all around you. You are here because you want something different than this. But, and this is some of you, you're not sure about Jesus. You're not sure about the relevance of his death to your life. You're not sure about his resurrection, and you're reasonably, therefore, not sure about giving your life over to him. Well, if you find yourself in this category, then I urge you to take this Advent to consider approaching the one who came in great humility for you in Bethlehem long ago. Welcoming a baby isn't so hard. Think about the richness of an almighty power who would have the gumption and humility to be conceived in the womb of a young, very poor Jewish woman in occupied Palestine. I mean, who of us would choose that? God would choose. I think I'll, I'll come into the world as the most insignificant person ever. That is our God. A God who values your free will. A God who actually values flesh, this thing we're so constantly impatient about and trying to perfect. A God who values flesh enough to enter into it. And one who desires so much to understand the human condition, your condition, and that he has become human himself. God does not wish to coerce. In fact, he went to great lengths to become small enough that we can receive him without fear, just a bending down to meet him in his infant humility. I urge you, if you feel you might be in this place, to think about receiving that baby Jesus. And that's really the first move of the Christian life. You know, often we try and live out a Christian life without actually having received Jesus. I actually did that. You know, I sort of wanted the showcase of good works and stuff, but I hadn't actually received Jesus. But it turns out that behaving like a Christian actually involves receiving Jesus. It is like this. There you are. You have your new iPhone, and you want to play some music on your speakers. And there you are with your new iPhone, and you even have the aux cable. And you go over to your speakers, and you plug in the aux cable, and you realize this new iPhone will not play my music on these speakers without a dongle. That is the Christian life. That is the Christian life. The theological equivalent of the dongle is Jesus Christ. We can't play the music without Jesus Christ, without receiving him. 
But for those of you who have already, at some point in your life, welcomed Jesus into your heart, you have been compelled by the power of the gospel. For you, this season of Advent is a time to pray for grace each day to exercise the freedom that you have been given so as to proclaim your belief, so as to display your relationship with Jesus. It's actually sort of counterintuitive that we would need to pray for grace to choose to obey Christ each day. You know, you think, okay, I've received Christ, now I should just be able to do this on my own, you know? I have this new operating system, I can just, okay, Jesus, I'll check in with you like, well, you know, once every month or so. Doesn't work that way. Actually, we have been given freedom, real freedom, like to choose how we want to be. In Christ, that is the grace, freedom to choose. Theologian Karl Barr says it this way, Obedience to the gospel is entirely dependent on God's grace, which chooses freely. That is why those who obey the gospel are in special need of exhortation. They obviously do not keep a stock of obedience. It must be rendered and accomplished from moment to moment. They may and must live by and with God's grace. So for those of you who already believe, as our collect says, pray this Advent that Almighty God gives us grace to cast away the works of darkness. As Paul says in Romans Away with getting drunk, basically sleeping your life away. Away with that. Away with using people for our selfish pleasures and then discarding them. Away with getting caught up in jealousy and quarrels. But rather, he says, put on the armor of light. Choose to live an awake and sober life, a life that honors the dignity and even the weaknesses of others. And in this way, you are preparing for the arrival of a most humble and appreciative guest, our King Jesus. Amen.